It's time for the Gaming Grid, a celebration and conversation around Mario's 35th anniversary. And here is your host, Brian Sovereign. Woo, can you get enough of that music? <laughs> I know I never can. Just, I mean, smile on my face, grin ear to ear every time. Doesn't matter what I'm feeling at the time, that just brings it up. You know, it was 35 years ago, almost to the day. Specifically, it was September 13th, 1985 uh, in Japan. For North America, it would be some somewhere in Q4 of 1985 that it would end up coming out. Um, and then for the rest of the world, basically it was around 1987 when it would finally drop, but it was 35 years ago, again, almost to the day when super Mario brothers landed into, uh, homes, of course, on the original Nintendo entertainment system on the NES. Uh, what, what a ride <laughs> to, to put it mildly. And this little gaming grid special that we're going to do is talking, we will be covering a lot of what Nintendo has announced for Mario's 35th anniversary. And we're actually going to end it off with a somewhat brief, but I think important, uh, top eight. We will get in a top eight Mario games of all time. Now let's be clear here. What kind of a challenge that is for a lot of reasons. One is, is that Mario games, you know, are so popular and so varied in genre. Um, they're often the top of any genre they happen to, to be in. I mean, frankly, even in sports games, they are, you know, they're often top marks. I mean, for example, the Mario tennis games, uh, well, I'd probably still say like Virtua tennis would, would be the best in that, in that field. Um, I mean, it, it, the Mario tennis games are right up there. Uh, you know, unless you're really into all the players and teams, I think Mario strikers blows away the FIFA games from EA, uh, and certainly with a lot more originality. So, you know, it's very tough to do a top eight for Mario. And also again, because over 35 years, in fact, really longer for, for the Mario character being in existence, um, there have just been so many fucking games. And do you count the games that He's in, you know, like how he appears in Mike Tyson's punch out as the referee, you know, how do you, what do you, what, what accounts, you know, do the Luigi's mansion, uh, games count as Mario games? I would argue technically, yes, they do. Uh, but you know, I'm going to stick somewhat mainstream with my top eight, but I mean, there'll be some, you know, there'll be some interesting nuggets in there as well, I think. Uh, so we will save that for the end of the conversation, but really I want to get into because there, you know, before you think I'm just giving you the news of the week or something. Now there are some interesting uh, uh, possibilities coming, you know, based around these releases that Nintendo is is engaging in, and it's important to to keep in mind that Zelda will be having an anniversary, I think, basically next year, um, and this could be a you know everything that got laid out for Mario's 35th anniversary could very well be a preview of what we could get for Zelda. And that alone makes a lot of this stuff pretty exciting in my opinion, because if you know, half of what we're getting for Mario ends up being true for Zelda, uh, fuck yes. You know, and certainly we we've seen some previews of ports because I mean, that's, that's very much 
I think the biggest news mine is something to do with Mario Kart. I think the biggest news to come out of uh, Nintendo's 35th anniversary announcement for Mario, let's get into it. Would be, you know, it was really the ports um, super Mario 3d all-stars of course, which we will, we will talk about um, and, and even more uh, including none other than super Mario 3d world, which they've actually added on to, which everybody's asking about, and we'll talk about it. Everybody's asking about where is super Mario galaxy two. We'll talk about that. Um, so what, yeah, again, let, why don't we just break into it? So September 3rd, they popped out a video, had a, a 35th anniversary direct. Um, I know later this week, we're also supposed to get another Nintendo direct. Um, and well, anyway, in just a couple days after this episode gets released, we will have, uh, kind of the, the, the initial announcement. And I put a link in the show notes. If you want to check out the video for yourself, if you haven't already, I know I shared it in the telegram group and, uh, certainly a lot of excitement there over, you know, varying parts of, of this direct. Uh, but let's open it right up with kind of the, I guess for a lot of people is the biggest news and amazingly how quickly it's coming out. Perhaps not so amazing based around what, well, there's some disappointment around this as much as there is hype and excitement. So Super Mario 3D All-Stars, of course, a reference to the classic release of Super Mario All-Stars, which on, and that, that needs to get brought up as well, because on the day that they dropped this direct, this 35th anniversary direct, they also made available on switch online, the, uh, SNES classic, uh, super Mario all-stars. Now that's not a game that's going to appear in my top eight. It could, I, I don't see why, why it couldn't. Um, I, I will say quickly, I guess let's talk about that really quick before we get into the 3d all-stars. So super Mario all-stars, uh, originally came out for the SNES. It was basically a remastering before that was a, anything near a common thing. It was a remastering of the original, uh, you know, three Mario games for the NES and, and that's it. But I mean, they were all in one package at the time. It was a very exciting package, right? Because, you know, even then in the early nineties, you would still shell out 50, 60 bucks for the NES versions of those games and to get them all on one cartridge. Oh, it was a fucking steal. Um, they updated the graphics to 16 bit. Uh, some people like to complain about the jump mechanic in, uh, the original super Mario or in super Mario brothers. And in, in, you know, the first one that's on the all-stars collection. Um, I've never exactly felt that, but then I also feel that the release of super Mario brothers was a super Mario brothers DX for the game boy color was probably the best release of that game overall. Uh, overall. Now that interestingly is also not going to make my top eight, even though perhaps it should. And not to say that Super Mario Brothers DX for the Game Boy Color didn't have problems. Like there was the, the scaling issue or the uh, the resolution issue where not everything appeared on the screen at once because they did a direct one by one uh, port. But regardless, um, anyway, I, I didn't necessarily see that with, with, with Super Mario Brothers. Um, the certainly Super Mario Brothers 2, I think, shines best on super Mario all-stars and is probably the best way to play that game. Um, that's another game. That's also not going to be on the top eight, if you were wondering, but regardless, I guess I'm giving away the top eight. I need to stop doing that <laughs> regardless. Uh, I'll tell you, I love this collection. In fact, I remember when it got a special re-release for the Wii and boy, they, they charged full price. I mean, it was top dollar. Like it was a new game or something. Um, I remember when it came out for the Wii and 
I mean, that, that was a nice little collection. They did nothing. It was a straight port. You popped it in and it played just like Super Mario All-Stars, which is exactly how you experience it on Switch Online. There are no additions to it whatsoever, which I would have welcomed. Not that there have ever been, there's ever been a release where there are additions, unlike, say, Kirby, uh, um, you know, Kirby Superstar Ultra, or, well, not Ultra, Kirby Superstar, where that has had a re-release on the DS would have the, a re-release on the DS where they would add in a ton of mini games. And that's not the version that we're getting. That is part of a conversation we're going to have as we go over a lot of this news is that some of these games have been re-released already that Nintendo announced during the 35th anniversary direct, and they are far superior and almost make the game really worthwhile. Uh, and certainly the most worthwhile to play them either again or to play them in the first place today. So Super Mario All-Star is getting released. I mean, that's nice. There's no reason not to have it up on Switch Online. I mean, and to have something available that day, I think that that was an absolutely brilliant, smart, necessary move because it feels like, you know, if you're like me, if you're a hardcore gamer like me, I mean, granted, I'm a more of a hardcore retro gamer, okay? But if you're a hardcore gamer like me, we all know what it's like, especially right now in the present climate we live in. We all know what it's like to get announcements and announcements and announcements and then get delays and delays and delays, you know, and it's just like, oh, you know, this is coming to Switch or this is coming to PC or this is coming to whatever. And then you find out you have to wait a fucking year or two. And it's like, no, just, just tell me when it's going to come out, you know, and if you're going to do a little pre-order bonus, all right, fine, whatever. Let me know a couple weeks ahead of time or something. You, you know what I mean? I, I get so annoyed with that. So I thought that that was absolutely the right move for Nintendo to have, even if it was very easy to put it up there and, you know, it's not a hard thing to do. I thought it was very smart of them to put a, you know, to put some, to have something new available that day for people with Nintendo hardware. And they did it. And that was the right move. So now they are doing super Mario 3d all-stars. Um, this is, there's really no remastering going on here with this. It is a collection of three games that being, of course, you know, the, the absolute classic, no question there, 1996 release for the N64, Super Mario 64. And then you also have Super Mario Sunshine, which I think is the most interesting part of this whole, this whole collection for, a, for a bunch of reasons. Not only the fact that it is a great game and yes, it is. And then Super Mario Galaxy. Now, only Galaxy 1 and not Galaxy 2. And this is a major point of contention for a lot of people. There are a couple points of contention around this collection. So, this, you know, 20 years from now is, you know, is there going to be the same uh, aura and and, and uh, remembrance and veneration? I think that's the word I'm looking for. Like there has been for Super Mario All-Stars for, you know, 20 some odd, you know, 30 some, almost 30 years. Probably not. <laughs> and we'll talk about why, but whatever, this is a very nice collection. Of course they are charging, you know, full price. If you're in the U S 60 bucks, right? It comes out on September 18th. Also a smart move to make sure that it's something that we don't have to wait long for just a couple of weeks. Right. Um, it's amazing that I think Amazon is reporting and they are, they are making this available physically, uh, as well as digitally, but it is for a limited time. And that might speak to why Amazon's reporting what they're reporting. Uh, this is only available between September 18th to March 31st, 2021. Now, maybe that's Nintendo's attempt at trying to get 
some veneration around this. Like, oh, this is very rare. So when we release it for our next console, which by the way, they have started to talk about a little bit that that is something that will exist in the year 20 XX. That's literally what they said. I don't know if that's a Ninja Gaiden joke or what, but anyway, (laughs) so, uh, but it is available for a limited time. Of course, a lot of people online were comparing this to Disney vault and so on. Um, do I think that it's a smart move for them to, to make it available for a limited time? No, because it feels fake, right? You, You can't argue about, you know, you used to be able to get away with limited time deals when there was production issues involved, but with, you know, digital releases, you know, with, with the eShop and so on, there's, there's no good argument for why anything should be, you know, made available in, in a limited fashion. Is this new for Nintendo to do? Not even remotely close. I mean, of course they've done this a ton of times and, and, and they, it, you know, at the very, as, as much as I think that this is BS for them to do at the same time, when they do it, Usually they mean it meaning. Okay. Uh, I'm sure it's somewhere in their wording that it'll only be available for the switch, uh, for that amount, you know, till March, um, what was the dating? March 31st, 2021, you know, and, but then they can re-release it, like I say, on their next system or whatever. Um, but for example, like with the Nintendo 3ds, there was a little while where you, if you bought a 3ds within a certain time frame you got access to Game Boy Advance games. It was like their GBA ambassador program or something. You got access to Game Boy Advance games via the virtual console that you could buy through, you know, the 3DS eShop. But it was only if you bought a 3DS within that window that you'd get access to those things. They, and, and look, folks, that, I mean, that was oh, feels like almost a decade ago. You know, if you didn't do that, then you're screwed. Yes, you can, you know, you can hack your, your 3ds pop on some homebrew, whatever, and you can play GBA games on there to your heart's content far more than what are available in the ambassador program. I know, but point being is that when Nintendo says something is a, is a limited release, well, they've stuck to their guns most of the time, as far as that goes. But again, I, I don't think it's a good look. Anyway, what, what Amazon was reporting is that it is already super Mario 3d all-stars is already the second best selling game on their site. Um, and, and I didn't say switch game. I said game like overall <laughs> number one is animal crossing for 2020. Uh, and, and again, it is only for 2020, but the second best selling game for 2020. And it's a compilation of, you know, three games that are all over a decade old or more. Um, I mean, it certainly speaks to the, in, you know, enduring nature of Mario games and the quality of Mario games, which they generally are. Um, it's very tough to think of any duds when it, when it comes to Mario, really. I mean, I'm not saying they don't exist, but I'm saying it's very, very tough to think of them. Um, but that said, you know, if, if the limited nature of this is what's kind of forcing people to go out and buy it, uh, you know, maybe, I mean, again, this has been done before and actually with very little complaint in the past, but usually I think there was little complaint because, they got it. They're only going to produce it for a limited time. And you know, it's, it may, it actually may not be profitable to constantly, for example, real quick. So for the GameCube, right. There was it when they came out with the silver GameCube, uh, they released it with a, uh, pack in game of the entire legend of Zelda collection, more or less up to that time. Uh, it was, it was a great deal. I mean, and certainly moved a lot of GameCube units. No question. Uh, now, okay. 
you know, that there is, you could make an argument that, well, it doesn't make sense to sell, you know, we, we, we're producing physical games, you know, you can't produce unlimited amounts of physical games. There is inherently a time that you stop producing, you know, a physical game, right? So that makes sense. And you could get away with limited time. And there was an argument, somewhat of an argument for it back then. All right. And it was, didn't seem so Disney vaultish then either, but now with, again, with digital releases, no, there's no argument for this. It, it's, it's totally artificial and, and it, it is a little nasty. I'm not going to be too hard on them about it, but whatever. Like, I, I mean, I get where people think that it's BS, but you know, to speak a little more to the games and the collection itself. So apparently it has been leaked online. Um, and we're actually, we'll probably see some reviews by the time that this episode gets released, but I can't imagine that those reviews are going to be in any way overall negative because I mean, we are talking about three of, and I would, I dare say where, you know, where art is often subjective. I think it's not unfair to say, even if Mario's not your thing, just about everybody would say these are three of the greatest games ever made. Like they, they belong in that number. Even people that didn't like sunshine, they're kind of starting to come around. And I think as they play through this, they'll be on board with it more. My understanding is that, so there is some sharpening and updating and of course scaling up to where these things would look good on a more modern television, say in 1080p, or of course look good on the 720p screen of the handheld switch. And that's an important thing to bring up here is that, you know, porting Mario to these games, these huge games. I mean, this collection, probably overall, you're looking at over a hundred hours of gameplay with all three games. That's amazing in a $60 package, right? If you want to say, yeah, why are they charging full price for these? This should be 30 bucks, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You're getting over a hundred hours of gameplay, phenomenal gameplay that in my opinion, largely still holds up. Okay. Um, but you are, you know, they are upscaling it a bit and, and cleaning that up. I mean, there's, this is a very bare bones release. We've already seen like what the menu looks like. There's no real bonuses added other than you can listen to the soundtracks and the music with the screen off. Kind of like, I know smash brothers ultimate can do that as well. Um, but that's really the only bonus content here, uh, is my understanding is, is that they are fixing the camera controls in super Mario sunshine, which was one of the major critiques of that game, even for the people that loved it. Um, so that's a very nice touch. Uh, and then I think they, they have, and I, I won't know until I actually play it. Um, and I'm ready to, but in galaxy, because you originally, you know, that worked with the Wiimote, right? Because that was for the Nintendo Wii. And so you had motion controls involved and I guess they fixed the motion controls to where they will work fine either with a pro controller or, or in handheld mode. So we'll, we'll see how that ends up, uh, you know, really, really taking shape. Um, yeah, this is a very bare bones release. The menu system looked frankly lackluster and what the hell, but I mean that it, I mean, let's be, you know, kind of like I was saying earlier with super Mario all-stars for the SNES, th that's sort of the MO for all-stars, right? Is it is a very basic presentation, get your ass to the games and, you know, and rock and roll. Now to talk a little bit about each game available here. I'm glad that they upscaled, you know, and of course we know about super Mario 64 for PC and how they did with that. So we know it's of course, totally possible. Um, super Mario 64. This is the most troubling of the games. Oh, first off, well, let, let's say this. And then this gets into maybe the most interesting conversation around, around this release. That is while some of the code for super Mario galaxy is native for the switch, which I think that points at something interesting. These are emulated. 
And again, it's only partial code as I understand it, because there was a copy leaked online and everything. And like I said, and that's probably true. There are people saying, Oh, I don't believe it, that these are the actual game, blah, blah. No, they are. <laughs> okay. And, and how does this happen? Well, how do you think reviewers get to play these games early? It's not like Nintendo ships out cartridges all the time. Uh, so anyway, these are emulated. So, and they are emulated on because there's been code breakdowns already that have been covered. They are emulated. Not, it's not like where and remember this scandal where, um, uh, PlayStation for the PlayStation classic retro console, they ended up using, um, the, the open source PlayStation emulator that everybody uses, you know, on their computers and have been using forever. And that Sony probably tried to take down at some point. Uh, I mean, and people were up in arms about that and understandably so, you know, um, this, these are home, these are in-house developed, uh, emulators by Nintendo as it appears. In fact, the N64 emulator, I think pointed at that. It was tested with some other games. We don't need to get in that conversation here, even though that it, it's important, but the, the game, you know, for sunshine, um, and for the galaxy, there is a, the emulators code name is Haji. H A G I it's Haji. And so, I mean, let's be clear what this means. So these are emulated. These are not really full on ports where they're brought to native code for their hardware. Um, they are being emulated. I mean, they're older games. The switch has plenty of power to do that. That's not a problem. Okay. Um, but it is interesting that Nintendo has in-house and what appear to be fantastic emulators. Now, what does this mean? Does this mean we will end up seeing these games on switch online or not, not these games specifically, uh, say, you know, super Mario galaxy or, uh, which that one we probably wouldn't, but you know, like super Mario sunshine or, uh, you know, or super Mario 64 probably, you know, I mean, like basically this, what I'm saying is, is that we, this is, I think, clear proof. We're going to end up with GameCube games and certainly N64 games. I mean, I think that was just a matter of time, but we're going to end up with GameCube games on Switch Online. Now, the fact that there is a emulator for N64, this probably points, in my opinion, and the fact that they saw in the code that it listed off other games, I wouldn't be surprised if that code and this emulator is a holdover from what would have been the N64 classic, which there were patent files, patent filings going through for that years ago. Uh, and of course, the reason we're probably not going to get a, uh, you know, N64 classic, at least not anytime soon is because eventually this stuff will be on switch online and they would rather your money, you know, you get hooked into a Nintendo account in a switch or, you know, in a switch online account. Um, we know this from, uh, actually really from investor meetings from Nintendo, how serious they are about getting people on board with a Nintendo account. You buying an N64 classic does not equate to you getting an, a Nintendo account. You getting on switch online does equate to you having a Nintendo account and getting into Nintendo's ecosystem. Okay. But yeah, so I, I think the fact that these are emulated, I know some people are seeing that as a knock. I think that that is a, that that's actually a hopeful thing because it points at, in my opinion, a much brighter future for switch online where we could get GameCube games and more. And, that, and that's fucking dynamite. Let's just say it. Um, this, and I guess to talk about the games a little bit, let's get into the games, but I just want to bring that up that I think that's ultimately partly what's going on here. And I do want to talk about galaxy two as well, as far as that. All right, let's get into galaxy two. Then we'll talk about the other games because this is what everybody's asking. 
and, and, and people, you know, I get it. I'm pretty good at complaining. That's why I do a pod. No, it's not why I do a podcast, but I do it on my podcast often enough. And I like to think I'm pro at it, but <laughs> you're getting, like I said, over a hundred hours of games here of three of the greatest games of all time. And you want to bother complaining about the fact that one of them isn't there. Come on now. And, and granted galaxy two is a significantly larger game than, than galaxy one significantly larger. And is it a better game? Yeah, I'll say that too. Uh, as great as super Mario galaxy is the obvious answer, the obvious reason in my opinion that galaxy two is not on this collection is because they're going to release it separately. Now, what? And, and not only here's the thing is that I think it's going to be worthwhile if they were just going to pull an emulation hack job, like they did with these three games. I'm not complaining. Like I just made clear, but if they were just going to do that and put out galaxy two and sell it for 60 bucks that now that would be nasty like that, that that's dirty tactics in my opinion. But if they are going to, as they have done with many re-releases and remasterings on the switch, if they are going to add on content, kind of like with what we're going to talk about here uh, in a little bit with, um, you know, with super Mario 3d world, adding on Bowser's fury, if they're going to add on to the game, then it becomes worthwhile. Now it's interesting to note, like we said, the, the, you know, this collection 3d all-stars is a, is an emulation hack job, right? By Nintendo's own emulator, you know, with Nintendo's own emulators. But Galaxy is at least partially ported code, native code to the Switch. So I think that was starting the process for Galaxy 2, where they are going to release that. But it's going to be, and in fact, they might release it, fucking, that might come out in March of next year. Like it, it could be a surprise drop. Um, but they are going to release it with an expansion on the switch and it's going to be completely native ported code. And that's fine with me because I think that game's worth 60 bucks on its own. You know, it's that big of a game and especially if you're going to add on more. So I think that's, what's going on there. It made sense for again, with, with 3d all-stars. I mean, the number three is already there, even though it's for 3d with 3d all-stars, they are mimicking their release of Mario all-stars for the SNES. So it's three games and, um, yeah, I also, I think that they have big plans for galaxy two. And I think that those plans make sense. Uh, would they surprise drop this game at some point during the year, during the 35th anniversary of Mario? Absolutely. They would. And you say, Oh no, if it was that big of a deal, they wouldn't surprise drop it. Are you kidding? Just a few days ago, we had a complete surprise drop of, uh, you know, of Hyrule, a new, uh, a Zelda game, which is, uh, the uh, Hyrule warriors age of calamity. I mean, that came out. Nobody's talked about that. Nobody knew about that. In fact, you know, real quick on that, let, let, let's, let, let's bring this up fast. I think that's fucking hilarious because and telling because nobody leaked that nobody talked about it. Nobody had, I mean, like with, with the 35th anniversary stuff, you know, like the, uh, these games like sunshine and galaxy and everything getting re-released. We knew about that. I mean, we, we, we talked about it months ago on sovereign tech during a gaming grid. I mean, people's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is coming. We've got our inside sources, but when Nintendo, or really, I think this speaks to just about any company when they really don't want you to know about something they're going to drop, 
you don't know. I mean, nobody knows. And ultimately, you know what that says to me? That says to me that ultimately, anytime there are these leaks, and not that this is anything new for me, I mean, I've said this before, these leaks are almost always controlled. You know, like these news, these announcement leaks and things like this, they are controlled by the company themselves. In this case, controlled by Nintendo. Because again, I mean, how do you hide a Zelda game? And this thing's, you know, pretty well deep and done. I mean, based on the trailer and it's going to be at the Tokyo game show and everything. Yeah. The only way, I mean, and it's amazing for Nintendo to be able to do that. It's amazing for any company to do that, but let us be clear that any of these leaks, in fact, probably the 35th anniversary leaks from earlier in this year were all totally controlled by Nintendo. Because again, if they don't want you to know, you're not going to find out. So yeah, we don't have any news about galaxy two. Um, Nintendo's being very mum about it other than maybe hints in the menu for, uh, for 3d all-stars as well as hints of music, perhaps, you know, during a trailer or something. Um, yeah, they could surprise drop that out of nowhere and nobody'd realize it. So I don't have any confirmation whatsoever that, um, you know, that this is going to happen, but I think that's, what's going to happen. And I think that it's worth it. Like, I I don't, I don't begrudge Nintendo for not including galaxy two at all, because you know, they're going to release it and they'll do it right. They'll make, I mean, look, when they do these add-ons with their re-releases, they're often, you know, or even like when they would do re-releases for the DS or the 3DS of N64 games, you get like almost an entire other game. You're getting two games for the price of one. So is galaxy two on its own with an add-on worth 60 bucks? Absolutely. So I'm not worried about that. That, that, that doesn't bother me. And I, and I think people, boy, it just shows how ungrateful people fucking are when <laughs> they complain about that. It drives me nuts anyway. So, um, to speak about the games a little bit, uh, Mario 64, I've brought this up many times, uh, Mario 64 DS, the re-release from the Nintendo DS from 2004 is one of the best games in history. I like Mario 64 fine. I don't think it has a whole ton of replayability and it feels a smack dated in its 1996 form, but in its 2004 form, infinitely replayable. So many wild little things to do in that. I mean, just, just wild little mini games and all this other stuff that you can do in it to say nothing of the, the initial mission with Yoshi where Yoshi has to save Mario, which I love that. You know, where, oh, Mario's in fucking trouble now. I mean, that's that's about the best, some of the best Mario action since Super Princess Peach. I'm not kidding. I love Super Princess Peach. Great. That should be on my top eight. It's not that should that game for the DS should be in my top eight. I love that game. Um, but anyway. So you're getting a, in my opinion, an inferior version of this game. If I had any complaint about this collection, that's the complaint. Is that Mario 64 is is just so much less than Mario 64 DS. It's a shame. You can still easily play Mario 64 DS today. You can get a 3DS. You can pick up a copy of the cartridge and you're, and you're golden, right? It plays right on the 3DS beautifully. Um, so, you know, I mean, it's not that, it's not that surprising, I guess, that they wouldn't release it, but this is what worries me. So, like I said, how this, you know, all of these releases for the 35th anniversary of Mario could be a preview for the next anniversary for Zelda. If they're going to put out a compilation for Zelda that has, you know, um, Majora's Mask or Ocarina of Time or anything like that, 
games that have been heavily remastered, repaired, fixed, and expanded upon for their 3D releases. If they're going to put out the original N64 releases, I mean, I don't know if I could go back I, I, with those games, just like Star Fox 64. Star Fox 64 is an awesome game, but for the 3DS, it's, I mean, it's somehow they made it that much more magical. I can't go back. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I'll probably look at Super Mario 64 on, you know, on the 3D All-Stars collection, but that's the two games I'm definitely going to be playing on it are our sunshine and, and galaxy, uh, sunshine, very excited to see how they fix the camera controls. Um, I mean that that's going to make it replayable. I think for a lot of people, really, that that's an absolute winner there. Uh, galaxy is just one of the best games ever made. So of course I'm going to play through it again and just see what that feels like. And there's something to be said for being able to, I mean, look, you got to understand with the switch, right? Why is the switch so successful? Now there's never any one reason for anything. So I'm not going to claim this is the only reason, but I think one of the reasons, one of the major reasons why the switch is so successful and what Nintendo's thought process was, is that basically I think Nintendo realized as, as huge as the Wii was and the Wii was a major, major deal, but like with the Wii U and what they were trying to do and their present strategy at the time, they were losing the console war. As a Nintendo fanboy, I don't like saying that, but they were. Where they weren't losing, and one only need look at the canceled, you know, Vita and the end of life uh, PSP, you know, to prove the point and any other, you know, handheld project that's been tried over the years. Where they were not losing was in the handheld market. The 3DS was a powerhouse, even when the Wii U wasn't, you know, shifting units. Nintendo basically tricked everybody into becoming handheld gamers by making it look like a console, making the right deals to put major console releases, even like say Mortal Kombat 11 and some other bigger, you know, doom, the doom games and some other bigger stuff of recent years, Witcher three, even they basically tricked all of you to look in the direction that maybe you never looked at before as a console gamer. And that is handheld. And once Nintendo has you in their, their, their handheld clutches, <laughs> no pun intended there. I mean, you're in, you're hooked, you know, and you get it. And that's always been, you know, in my, I mean, as great as the NES and the SNES were, and they were, and they were, and they were two of the best consoles of all time. No questions for me. Okay. You know, no doubts for me on that, but where Nintendo really, really dominated, shall we say, I don't even like to use the word dominated, but where they uh, really hit hearts and minds, okay, is with the Game Boy, is with handheld. And because and, their handhelds have never been anything less than stellarly successful. I mean, just, just, just you know, millions and millions and millions and millions of units sold. There's Nintendo has never really had a flop other than maybe some iteration of the game boy, but not a new major console or handheld console. They've never had a flop in the handheld market. Never. They always win there and no one else can even try to play in it as hard as Sony did try. Okay. And the Vita is great. I'm not, uh, you know, I, I get it, but I'm just saying it, it sure as fuck ain't the 3ds. So they tricked everybody into the handheld market. And now to bring all of these incredible, you know, these classic Nintendo experiences to a handheld, you know, to the handheld market 
which is essentially what the switch is ultimately. And we know that because uh, what's, what's the president there? Uh, Bowser, Doug Bowser, right? <laughs> Amazingly, the president of uh, Nintendo of America, he flubbed in letting it out that he know that Nintendo has the data. They know how often switch players are playing in handheld mode as compared to, you know, TV mode. And it's, it's not even close. TV mode is so rarely played percentage wise compared to handheld. I mean, just everybody's using a handheld. And of course I understand why, you know, I mean, just Nintendo knew exactly what they were doing. So porting these experiences to not, it's not so much about the switch. It's porting them into a handheld fashion. Uh, you know, it's going to put people through the roof on this stuff. And that's why, you know, it's the number or a major part also of, I think why it's the number two, uh, best-selling game of 2020 so far, at least according to Amazon. So this is a win across the board. I, I, I really don't have much in the way of complaints other than with Mario 64, we're getting an inferior version of the game, even though they have updated it in certain ways, uh, visually. And again, I do think that this points at the future of other anniversaries coming up for other franchises within Nintendo, as well as pointing at that, oh yes, on Switch Online, we're probably going to get N64 and GameCube games and maybe even Wii games uh, coming because again, uh, Haji, the emulator can handle Wii as well. So exciting, in my opinion, absolutely exciting. Um, let's move on and talk about some of the other stuff uh, that that's coming down the pike. Now, Super Mario uh, 3D uh, World, this, when they've added on an entire, and we don't know exactly what this looks like, and it's not coming out, that's not coming out till like February, I think, of next year. But they've added quite a bit to it, and there's local multiplayer and some other stuff, all, all great, you know, parts of the aspects of this, what was originally a Wii U release. Um, I don't have any complaints here. Uh, I've seen the game in action. I haven't played it. I've seen the game in action. It's great. Uh, I have been and have consistently stated that I am 100% supportive of any re-release from the Wii U, you know, getting put on to the Switch. Any any Switch re-release, I am totally on board with because we know the numbers, we know the install base for the Wii U, and there were amazing games made for that that, you know, just didn't get their due, didn't get their didn't get their audience. Well, you've got an audience now, unquestionably. So take advantage of it. So I, I have no problem with this. I, I think that that's a fine re-release. There's not a whole lot to say on it. I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, and I, I know it's a great game. Um, and I'm excited to to have a crack at it uh, when it does come out, uh, you know, for the Switch. So again, do this for every every single major franchise game that got released for the Wii U or any Wii U exclusive game that was actually really solid. Go ahead and port it to the Switch. You know, and I, and I know, I know there are the Nintendo fanboys or the diehards who owned a Wii U who don't want to pay double, right? I, I get where you're coming from. I understand how it feels that way. But again, you don't have to, A, you don't have to buy this game again if you don't want to, uh, for one. But B is that, you know, there's, there are lots of people, myself included, who just completely skipped the Wii U for whatever reason they skipped it. And there's amazing experiences they didn't get to have. So stop complaining and let the people have their fucking experience, you know? Anyway, so I'm excited for that. I think that's, that's a great release as well. As far as I know, that one is not limited. There was, there was no talk of that. Now, the next thing they announced was the, this is the, the weirdest, weirdest thing. Um, Super Mario Brothers 35, which is basically, so this is coming out in October again. I can't stress it enough how intelligent it was 
in my opinion, of Nintendo to release things in pretty rapid and short succession. Meaning, you know, you got All-Stars, you know, the original Super Mario All-Stars that day. Two weeks later, you're getting Super Mario uh, 3D All-Stars. Then you're getting, in October, you're getting this, Super Mario Bros. 35. Then you've got, um, you know, Super Mario 3D World coming in February and so on. Uh, and, And actually, there's even things in between there. It was just a smart move. Now, maybe they were forced to do that because of our present climate, uh, you know, that they, they didn't want to seem insensitive releasing a bunch of product, uh, or talking about even releasing a bunch of product when people say we're hard up for money, which I can certainly understand. So maybe they were doing that. I don't know. Okay. But regardless, the way that it shaped up, I think is very intelligent. Don't make people wait that long. Don't give them these long ass announcements that everybody's like, where's Bayonetta three, where's Metroid prime four. Where's this? And I understand the frustration around those. I want them too. But, you know, so, so for them to do it this way, I think was smart. So Super Mario Brothers 35, this is, this is weird because this is coming out October 1st. It is basically a hodgepodge between the gameplay you expect or the, 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 the challenge style and multiplayer style of Tetris 99 tremendous game but baked into the original Super Mario Brothers, more or less. Um, it's like, it's it's a competitive online battle. It'll be interesting to see how this works and how this, you know, how it actually lands and, 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 and you know, functions and, and when we have it in hand, right? But this is an online-only game. Um, it's a free game on Switch Online. I don't, again, it's another one where you can only play it until March 31st, 2021. This is one where also it doesn't really make sense to me unless they find out that it is so popular and so played that they say, well, you know what? Actually, we'll let it extend beyond March 31st, 2021. Nintendo can change their mind. Like I said, generally when they have made things limited, they stick to it. And I want to give them credit for that, even if what I think they're doing is bullshit, but it's there. Um, So we'll see, you know, it allows for 35 players at a time and whatever. And I mean, I don't get it because I still play Tetris 99. I think plenty of people still play Tetris 99. If they're worried that, well, you know, you got to be more limited with these kinds of games because they end up losing, um, you know, they, they end up like losing their, their, their massive audience that initially made them so successful. I, I don't know. I mean, then just, you know, put on new updates or something. I mean, certainly, you know, Tetris 99 has events, you know, for different Maximus cups and whatever that they, that you could jump on at varying times. Yeah. I don't understand their thinking behind this. Now, I mean, granted, there's a little bit of an argument for why this might be limited because you have not the issues around, I mean, yes, it's a digital release, but it's also a completely online game, or at least it appears to be completely online because Tetris 99, you can still play solo on your own. Right. Um, with Mario 35, if it is solely online, you know, there are, there are server costs to consider. So, I mean, there's somewhat of an argument that yes, there, there is a maintenance involved with this, um, as to where with eShop games, okay. Yeah. You know, you always have to be able to serve it down when someone wants to download it, but it's just, it's not like people are constantly running a server and running the game over that server. Right. So yeah, I don't get the limited nature of this again. Maybe they'll change their mind, but this certainly does look interesting as well. And you it's one where you really have to see the video to get what they're, what they're putting down. I can't exactly put that in audio. Um, moving on from that. 
I'll get into, I'll speak briefly on this. This is another one where I feel like we need to see it more in execution, but it was very interesting. Nintendo is doing effectively an AR game, an augmented reality game. Uh, and it's called Mario Kart live home circuit. Um, this is, you know, basically radio controlled cars that look like carts from Mario Kart and have characters on them and everything. And then you set up, uh, checkpoints, you know, what look like checkpoints in a, in a normal racing video game that you'd play, you lay those out. And this is kind of like those old, like tracks, uh, you know, electric track cars where you could put them on the track. They had a little needle that goes down and, you know, basically operate like an electric train and, uh, you know, and you could race them. It's kind of the same concept. It's just, you can set up these checkpoints, which are kind of the guides for the cars and you're controlling it with your switch and you're seeing like the action where like you could lob a, a turtle, you know, a shell or whatever at somebody, um, you know, all these different things. And so it is an AR experience. I know some people feel like that this is kind of pointless because, you know, if, if, if a lot of the action is just happening on the screen and really the, you know, the physicality that the, the, the or, you know, seeing the, the, the carts in having them in meat space, right. In real life sort of makes it redundant. This is one where I really, I'm going to hold off until I see it in full execution and, you know, hear how people experience it. Uh, because, and this is coming out very soon too. This is coming out middle of October. And I think it starts at like a hundred dollars for the initial sets. I think this is very interesting. This is one of the better AR experiences that I've seen. And I know how much Nintendo genuinely cares about quality so this is one I'm reserving judgment on, but I'll admit that I am cautiously optimistic. And I do think that it's ultimately a good idea because Nintendo, part of their MO is late, has been how do we get beyond the console more? This is a major part of that, in my opinion. Um, I could see, well, I think if you brought in certain online components to this, where this could get really interesting, and I don't know what the online components for it would be, where it could get particularly interesting, but there's a lot of connective tissue here that are, you know, connect connection issues. And I mean like Wi-Fi and all that, that could run into this. Um, if you could play, you know, say with a family member who lives a thousand miles away, but you are seeing what's physically happening in the track at a home, but you, you know, you're playing, you're playing your cousin say a thousand miles away and they're playing on their switch and they're only seeing what's happening through the switch, but they're seeing like such physical action and they're seeing, you know, auntie's house and everything. Um, that creates a very interesting experience that I think blends, you know, uh, uh, what I see is a real problem of the lack of couch multiplayer, but sort of does a hybrid option of couch multiplayer in a very real way. And I mean, I could see that going in very interesting places. I don't know if Nintendo's going to go there. I don't even know if that's, you know, how, how feasible that exactly is. And I know it'd be a technical challenge, but that could get really interesting. So, uh, Mario Kart live, we'll see where that goes. Uh, I'm, I'm certainly intrigued to say the least. Uh, the other thing that I am probably the most excited about with this outside of 3d all-stars, and that is the most exciting announcement really out of the bunch here. Uh, particularly just to play Super Mario Sunshine um, again. I mean, I look, I can already play Super Mario Sunshine. I have a GameCube to the right of me. It has Swiss on it. I already have Super Mario Sunshine available. Actually, Ellen plays Super Mario Sunshine very often. It, I don't want to say, I don't want to speak for her and say it's her favorite Mario game, but she loves the shit out of that game. Uh, and she plays it often when she gets the chance, you know. 
So I can already do that. That's, that's not really a problem, but being able to play it in handheld mode, there's a real appeal to that and to see just exactly how they fix some of the little issues that the game had had. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on board for it. So, but the other thing that I'm actually really intrigued by and excited about and a little surprised by, you know, now Nintendo does these little limited releases. Often we could think of the retro consoles of the past and so on. Um, but they are coming out with a new game and watch physical game and watch quote unquote console, uh, or handheld and it's game and watch super Mario brothers. And what this has is the original super Mario brothers on it. It also has lost levels in its eight bit form, which in America has never had like an actual full on release other than you could access it in super Mario brothers DX for the game boy color. Uh, I love lost levels. I mean, I love that game. And for that alone to have like a, a more internationally released because I mean, we all know the story, right? How super Mario brothers two in North America was not originally super Mario brothers two. It was originally a completely different game that they skinned over, um, you know, to, to turn it into a Mario game and release it in the United States because basically Nintendo or Nintendo of America. Anyway, Nintendo basically thought that lost levels was just too hard of a game for American audiences, which is fucking insulting, but it, it is what it is. And ultimately I'm glad because both lost levels and super Mario brothers two that we would get in North America and Japan known as super Mario USA, uh, are both are great games. And so we ended up with more games. I'm not complaining. Uh, but I, I really like, I love lost levels, which again, in, in Japan was originally super Mario brothers too. Um, and I think it's best in its eight bit form. In fact, I didn't get to get into this when I talked about, let, let's do this quick. When I was talking about super Mario all-stars, I don't mind the updated visuals. Um, though I do think uh, what, what I do mind with the original, you know, with super Mario all-stars for the SNES, and they got put on switch online. What I do mind about that collection is the updated music. I think that the original, you know, Mario games for the NES, the eight bit sound is so charming and so addictive on its own that while I can appreciate it in remixed uh, forms and I really, I do, they lose something. They, they don't hold the same appeal and that could be nostalgia you know, on my part and I'm totally open to that, but the music just really doesn't sound as good or as charming, or it doesn't have the same hook as it does in 16 bit versions on say like all stars as it does in the eight bit versions of their original releases. So I think ultimately this is about somehow selling the original Mario brothers and lost levels, getting that out there on, you know, on, on a somewhat broader scale. Uh, making it available for people who want a memento of the original release. It only makes sense to do that for the 35th anniversary. I think it's a brilliant way of doing it. And it includes also a Mario themed game and watch game, which is kind of cool. And for some reason it has a clock on it as, as well. I guess they just want you to put it on your desk, like a desk clock. Okay. That's fine. Um, I think this is a really cool release and it has good, you know, it's going to have great physical hard controls, you know, um, I, I love it. Uh, it's there's definitely only going to be, a, you know, I don't know how many thousands of these will get made. 
maybe hundreds of thousands, maybe millions. I doubt it. Uh, but this is probably going to be a very limited release and for understandable reasons. I mean, I think this is something not everybody's going to be on board with this. This is definitely something for the more, the diehards, the fanboys. Um, but I want one of these. <laughs> I, I, I think it's such a cool concept, such a cool little idea. Uh, and also it's something that I hope is a preview of what we get with future anniversary releases. Um, because remember Zelda had a, well, it, it wasn't a game and watch exactly release, but it was a interesting. In fact, a lot of people brought this up when the DS first came out is that Nintendo had basically done the form factor of the DS with dual screens, uh, decades previous. And there was a Zelda game that got released with that very thing. Um, if they want to re-release, you know, that Zelda game, that, that dual screen Zelda game from back in the, you know, in the eighties or whatever, Hey, please, <laughs> you know, I, I, I am there. So this is, this is, I mean, it's a simple release, but I like it, especially to get to play lost levels, you know, in a nice little pocketable fashion. And I mean, cause I got to admit, and I'm sure you're hearing me talk about this cause we're going to get into our top eight quick here. I have to admit that I really enjoy, um, you know, just w- when, when I have just some spare time, even just a few minutes, pop on the original Mario brothers and really just kind of go mindless. Because, you know, I mean, playing that game is so reflexive. Now, Lost Levels, you can't be mindless. Because, like, while you could speed run the original Mario Brothers, you can't exactly speed run Lost Levels. Because this is a difficult fucking game. It's a game that requires precision. Uh, which is another nice reason that they're re-releasing this. Because unless you're using a Pro Controller or, like, the, the NES controllers that, that got released for Switch, playing Lost Levels on Switch Online is a challenge with the stock Joy-Con that you get for the switch um, because it doesn't have a dedicated D pad. This, you know, this game and watch re-release is going to have a dedicated D pad and Nintendo made a point about it. I think they, they want you to know you're going to need this. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I love that, um, that, that that's available in that way, but yeah, I'll just pop on Mario brothers and just play it for a bit because it just, you know, it's total stress relief in a very real way, because it is such a reflexive game to play. You know, I mean, you just, it's instinctual. So having a little version that you can just pick up and play and put back down, you know, and you don't have to break out the whole switch and whatever else. I mean, there's a convenience factor to that certainly. And, and an intriguing one and having those, those great controls. Uh, I, I think dynamite, I, 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 this was a brilliant move on Nintendo's part and it's really a release. You can only do if you have the history and pedigree that Nintendo has. Otherwise it falls flat, you know? And, and I mean that because I think a lot of people think, well, Sony has great pedigree, blah, blah, blah. No, no, Sony actually, especially with the PlayStation classic, uh, they fucked up. They really fucked up. They, as much as they were, you know, really staunch proponents and, and really pushed the idea of backwards compatibility with consoles. And I, I applaud them for that. And while their consoles have been some of the greatest ever made PS one, PS two, I'm there they really don't know how to deal with their history very well. In my opinion, I mean, they, they just, they don't know how to handle it as to where Nintendo, they understand their history and they know how to handle it. And whether or not that comes from, uh, you know, Japanese culture overtones, I don't know, but it's amazing how well they do it, how respectful they are that they do with that. And that appeases the consumer, the fan, because that's why we love them, you know, because of what came before. So anyway, uh, I think everything that they did for the 35th anniversary, I really don't have much in the way of complaints. And I think some of it is pun intended game changing. 
like with Mario Kart Live, I mean, there's a lot of potential there. Uh, I think a lot of the releases are incredibly respectful, and I think they have more really to come and to announce and that they'll surprise us with. Uh, if they don't, they don't. But what we got on, what we're going to have on hand, I'm excited. And uh, again, no complaints uh, on my end. So anyway, why don't we get into our little top eight? Again, this is going to be a briefer one because you know what? I mean, how much more, how many new things can you say about Mario games? You know, everybody's been talking about them forever for good reason, because again, by and large, they are just some of, if not the, the greatest games ever made in their varying categories or in video gaming overall. At the very least, certainly some of the most important games, uh, some of the most industry forwarding and industry progressive games ever made. It's, it's remarkable. So let's, let's go ahead and go down this top eight and we'll start it off with a game. You, you might not have expected because I think we'll start. Okay. So it's a top eight. I'm not putting them in any particular order, except for what often happens where I will tell you what number one is. And I'm actually going to start off with number one. I think this is, I mean, every game here could almost tie with it but I think there's something a little extra special about this game, about my number one pick. And then we'll go down the rest of the eight. Okay. My number one pick is not the original super Mario brothers. It is not Mario 64. It is not galaxy two. It is not odyssey. Odyssey should be on this list, but it's not. Okay. I'll, I'll let, I'll let that cat out of the bag. Odyssey's not here. It's a great game. Amazing game, but it's not here. My number one pick is Super Mario Land from 1989. A title associated with the Game Boy, of course. I think it pushed a lot of Game Boys, as I like to say. Um, again, a narrative that I was forwarding to you in this, and I think it's more than a narrative, I think it's a fact, <laughs> that I was forwarding to you in this episode, is that where Nintendo really dominates and never stopped dominating as to where you could argue the N64 was bested by the PS one or the GameCube is bested by the Xbox and the PS two or whatever. You could make all those arguments where Nintendo has never been beaten is in the handheld market. And in so doing, I think, and part of the reason I think that is, I should say is because Nintendo knows how to craft a very casual easy to pick up experience and super Mario land. Well, first off bringing in really most of the elements from its, you know, bigger brothers on the NES and looking almost exactly other than in puke green, looking almost exactly like, you know, the original super Mario brothers, which again, you know, people being able to play what they saw such as such an advanced and awesome game playing it handheld you know, granted a different game, but playing its style handheld, uh, had to be mind blowing in 89. I can say, I know it was for me. It was like, oh, holy fuck. I mean, I, I know everybody thinks Tetris when they think game boy, right? I don't think they, they appreciate just how, just how massive of a deal, uh, super Mario land was the first one. And of course it would go on to be an entire series, bring in Wario and so on. And I mean, every Wario game could take up an entire list of its own. Those are so solid, but super Mario land. Now it's interesting to note. So for a little while, of course, when I was doing the entire Zomia one network, which might come back someday when I was doing that, um, I gaming grid was a separate show, much like kind of like we're, what we're recording here. The very first episode of gaming grid that I did 
was basically an attempt that, Hey, you know what? If you've never thought about playing video games or you've always thought that they're kind of stupid, or you've been out of it for a while, here's a great way to get back into it. What I had recommended at that time was the first video game that anybody should play. Okay. Again, I'm not saying game boy. I'm not saying Nintendo. I'm not console agnostic platform agnostic. I am saying the very first video game that anybody should play was is super Mario land. And that's why I consider it the top of the list is because a it's a short game. It's somewhat easy. And that was a bit of a critique against it at the time, but it does give you all of those elements. It gives you that full on experience. It does so in a portable way. If you have option for that, um, you know, where, where it's everything that a great game can be in a, in a, you know, in a little package, a portable package if possible and a short package. While there is value in games being long, I think when people are getting into gaming at first, there is value in games being shorter. Or if your game has more of a narrative, there can be a lot of value in a game being shorter. My first game uh, clocked in, you know, you could probably beat it in under two hours, but, you know, clocked in in about two hours. Uh, you can best Super Mario Land in about an hour, I, I would say. I mean, it really, it's not a game that takes long to play. Um, but again, it has all of the great elements that you expect from super Mario. It is a technical Marvel. It is a gameplay Marvel. The music is fantastic. Everything about it is perfect presentation in my opinion. Um, so I put it as the top game in the entire Mario series, because basically I think it is the ultimate hook, much like super Mario brothers, you know, the original super Mario brothers was for getting people to buy the NES. Um, this is the ultimate hook into video gaming in general, and it has been for decades. So yeah, Super Mario Land, top spot. Number two, um, and then this fits for a number two as well on the list. I know we're going backwards down the list, but what the hell? Number two is what I just mentioned, Super Mario Brothers. Now, interestingly, I'm not putting in Super Mario Brothers DX because I think that creates certain challenges for people, again, with the screen, uh, you know, not seeing all the enemies on the screen and you have to you know, push up on the D pad to see everything that's going on. And, and that, that does create some confusion, even though I do think it is the best version of super Mario brothers out there, but the original super Mario brothers. Um, now it's important to understand. So I, when I first got, when I got my first Nintendo, okay. I did not have super Mario brothers. I didn't have super Mario brothers for a long, long time, uh, in my ownership of a, of a, of a original Nintendo. My first game was Kung Fu, which falls under, you know, and that's a great game as well and falls under a lot of the same argument for Super Mario Land, where it's a short game, tight controls, uh, you know, really tight experience and a lot of fun. And it just does everything right for what it's presenting. Um, I think Kung Fu is a, a phenomenal game, but we're talking about Mario here. Super Mario Brothers, uh, you know, all those same arguments, all those same, uh, you know, uh, veneration points can be brought up, you know, for that as well. Um, and for a lot of people, this was the first video game that they ever played. Uh, and fortunately it is very much a perfect game and has everything from secrets, right? You know, being able to do warp zones and all these other things, uh, that it got people into why video gaming could be such a powerful, uh, art form and media entertainment medium, far more powerful than any, you know, movie could be or just about any other medium, because there are things that can be hidden that you can access, that you go through the discovery of accessing more of. 
I mean, you can hide stuff in a movie too, but like, it's not interactive. Right. So Mario was very smart in having a lot of these little secrets, like even something, you, you know, like the, the one up mushrooms, having those uh, hidden, you know, it, it made people want to come back to a game. And again, it just showed why, how, why video games could be so powerful and why I would argue they are next to maybe novels, uh, you know, next to books, probably the, the ultimate medium uh, art or ultimate art form, I should say that, that humanity has really ever devised. I think if, if Frederick Nietzsche was alive today, you know, he had his obsession with music. I think he would be an avid gamer and would be amazed at what gaming allowed for, um, you know, to, to the human, for the human mind. So anyway, that, that could be a huge conversation around that, but super Mario brothers, I mean, for just very obvious reasons, um, it's not the first game video game ever made, not even close, but it is the game that saved the gaming industry. And that might be all the more impressive. So I, yeah, I definitely put that in number two, uh, moving on number three, super Mario brothers three from, uh, which originally of course, super Mario brothers came out in 85 super Mario brothers three would come out in 1988 and Japan would not end up coming to other territories until 1990 super Mario brothers three is a game that is impressive in the fact that when you pick it up today and you don't have to do it in all stars either that it still looks so good and still plays with such modern affect. Meaning, meaning that a lot of elements, you know, UI elements, all kinds of things that exist with it. I mean, almost, it almost has a sandbox nature to it, even almost, I mean, it's still linear, but, but, you know, you kind of have options of where you want to go and things like this, which of course, super Mario world on the SNES would all take, you know, put on steroids. Um, super Mario brothers three, you know, started, I think the more complex gaming era that we basically now live in. There's arguments whether or not that's a good thing, but to pull that off with a controller that really only has select start a and B and a D pad is a remarkable feat in itself, but it really did pave the way for, you know, gaming as we have come to understand it, uh, in my opinion. And it still plays just, it's just as fun and engaging as it was, you know, 30 years ago. Um, it, it's amazing how little improved the version on Mario all-stars looks compared to the original NES version. That's how much they pushed the limits of that hardware, you know, back in 88 and 1990. Um, you know, and, and it's also a game that, that probably had the most impressive commercial of all time. That being the, uh, the, the almost two hour movie, the wizard with Fred Savage, uh, <laughs> just basically just a giant super Mario brothers three commercial, even though I think it's a fun little film uh, on its own. It was also a commercial for the power glove. Woo! Uh, but <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, super Mario brothers three, you know, if, if people put that, at, I mean, usually I think on a lot of people's, uh, you know, top 10 lists of video games, the greatest video games of all time. A lot of times Metroid three will top that list. You know, Mario brothers three could top that list easy as well. And again, like I said, that's impressive on its own to do being 30 years old and being on the original NES hardware, which was, you know, impressive, but also by even standards in the 1990s, incredibly limited. Um, so yeah, I got I, I put that in number three and I think number three for me is a good spot for it actually. You know, even though I, I, you know, when we get into the top eights more, that's, they're all great. 
the numbers don't really mean anything. Number three does fit pretty well for Super Mario Brothers 3. Uh, let's go to number four. Number four is the remake, which I've talked about many times uh, and already in this episode of Mario 64, that being Super Mario 64 DS, which ended up getting released almost 10 years later from its original, that being from 96, but ended up getting re-released in 2004. Um, the amount of stuff added to this game, the fixing of the camera, the, I mean, there's just, there's a lot of elements involved that got added into the, you know, being able to use different characters and so on. It just took a great game. You know, it was like spinal tap. It just, it took everything up to 11 or 13 from 10. Uh, it made a perfect game more perfect. I, I don't say that with irony. I mean, really, it made a perfect game more perfect. It's amazing. Um, it is the version to play. Like I said, I'm not even really interested in playing Mario 64 on the all-star on the 3d all-stars collection, because it's inferior to the version I already have, which is super Mario 64 DS. And I would argue this game is actually so good. It's almost worth owning a 3ds on its own. So anyway, um, yeah, I mean, really, you know, the best Nintendo 64 out there is the 3ds <laughs> because I mean, you can play, there's so many 64 Nintendo 64 re-releases on it. I mean, granted that was originally, you know, Mario 64 DS is for the DS, but you can play it on the 3DS natively, uh, or well, more or less natively, um, you know, but you have the Zelda games, right? This is the N64 Zelda games. You have Star Fox 64. I mean, it, it's, it's really the best N64 out there. Uh, anyway, moving on from number four, let's go to number five so we can get this, uh, we'll get this wrapped up. Um, Super Mario Brothers Lost Levels. I talked about it earlier. Uh, I love how challenging it is. I love how it is that entire style of the original Super Mario Brothers, which has never totally been improved upon. Uh, other than, you know, like Mario Brothers 3 taking everything, you know, to, to no pun intended, the next level. Um, that, that look of the classic Mario Brothers is just iconic now. And Lost Levels is, yes, a very difficult game, but you do, especially in its 8-bit form, I think it is an, an, a, just, it's so incredibly difficult. I love it for that. I, I think it, it it's... Because it turns on your head far more than any Zelda master quest. It turns the entire Mario brothers formula on its head, but it's still that same style and it works. It works really, really well. I can kind of, I mean, I'll admit if I was a kid, you know, if Mario, if, if, if Japan, if, if Nintendo out of Japan was thinking that, well, in America, we're, you know, not selling to 16 or 26 year olds, we're selling to six year olds. I get where this game is that fucking hard. And I would, I mean, the instant I encountered a poison mushroom, I would have flipped the fuck out, you know, and, and I, I probably would have cried, <laughs> you know? So, so I kind of get where Nintendo was coming from. Kind of. All right. I don't like censorship, but I, I kind of get it anyway. Uh, later on, you know, this game, part of its mystique in America, you know, that, Oh, this is the Mario game. We never got was also a really big deal when it got released on, on, um, on Mario all-stars. So it has that going for it as well. That being like this officially released bootleg game almost, um, which, which gives it this, this really, again, interesting aura and made it a, an, an experience because like, you feel like you're playing something you were never supposed to play. Uh, and there's something to that, that I think makes it a very, a very impressive game and rare because we usually don't get that right. When, when some games never, you know, come to America, I mean, they just never come. I mean, it's not like it was a game that was thrown away that that would have been even more interesting, but you, you kind of get that. I mean, it, it's a rare experience that you get and there's something there, but then also, like I said, the fact that it turns the Mario, Mario formula on its head and still works so well, um, you gotta love it. 
you know, and, and so I put that at, at my, uh, my number five, number six, one of the games, if not the game I've played the most in my life, this, that, that may be a true statement. Dr. Mario, uh, particularly for the NES, this would also get a 16 bit re-release on the SNES, um, along with Tetris, which is a great package to get your hands on certainly. Um, but in the SNES version, they took out the ending. If you get past level 20, that was disappointing. And I am a person who on Dr. Mario, yes, I have gotten to, I think I've gotten to level 26. I've gotten, it was one, one of the higher ones. I, I, I'm one of those rare people who's gotten that far, um, in, in Dr. Mario. Uh, this, I mean, it, it's, it's a twist on the Tetris formula, but it's a brilliant one. And it's one that every time they've tried to come out with a new iteration, I don't think it's exactly worked. You can't really add anything to that core gameplay, um, as hard as they've tried. And I wouldn't mind if they did a really cool switch version where they, I don't know, this is a game that should get the Tetris 99 treatment. This is the game that really, I think should have been maybe Mario 35, even though we'll see how Mario 35 works in execution, but regardless, uh, brilliant game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fucking brilliant. Uh, the next one, number seven. And I know there's somebody out there, longtime listener who, <laughs> would probably kill me if I didn't have this on this list, but I agree with them. I think it's one of the best games ever made. Uh, Super Mario Maker 2. This is a game that while it's single player or, you know, the stock game that comes with it is a lot of fun. The fact that you can make your own Mario games willy nilly in this. And I mean, we could talk forever about this game, but the fact that you can, and, and I mean, the original Super Mario Maker was great as well, but the fact that you can play, you know, make your own Mario games, even now when they did their last update where it allowed for you to make Mario worlds, entire worlds, kind of like Mario brothers three and world and so on. This is a dream come true. <laughs> 35 years ago, people would have been shitting themselves to do this sort of thing. It, it is, it is remarkable. The fact that you get to share it with everybody online. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, you know, I mean, it's everything I love about eight bit Mario and more. I mean, cause you can do more than eight bit. Uh, you can do like, or well, not, I shouldn't say more than eight bit, but you can do different styles of Mario games like Super Mario Bros. 2 and so on. Um, th this is, I, I know I've used the term magical a couple times already, but this is an absolutely magical experience. Uh, it is awesome to take your, you know, to, to, to get your hands dirty in game development in a very real way, not with code, obviously, but, uh, to get your hands, uh, you know, get your feet wet as it were in game development and, to be able to like really experience it and share it and play it around. I mean, there's so much wild shit you could play. This game could be played till the end of time. And there are very few games. I think that you can say that about, but this is one of them. Uh, so super Mario maker two at number seven, then let's go to number eight, super Mario RPG legend of the seven stars. Um, this was a game made actually by square licensed by Nintendo square, of course, known for final fantasy and more. Um, I want to say to you, I don't know why there aren't more of these games, but I understand that basically paper Mario, the paper Mario series, which any of the games in the paper Mario series could have been on this list. Paper Mario effective is effectively the sequel series to super Mario RPG. I understand that. But I think Super Mario RPG, and this is where I felt comfortable earlier. I mean, I'm a huge fan of JRPGs and RPGs in general. 
I said earlier that anytime Mario enters a new uh, genre of gaming, it can often take top marks. I don't want to say this is the best RPG ever made, but boy, is it fucking close. Partly because now it has, a, I mean, especially at the time in, uh, in 1990, well, yeah, this is later on in the SNES's lifetime, um, which that's an important thing to bring up that many times I think the best games always come out at the end of a console's life, because that's when people have really perfected the code and are pushing the console to its limits. This definitely pushed the SNES to its limits, no doubts. Um, so it had an isometric like 3d view, but the beauty of this is it played like an RPG, you know, like a final fantasy or something, but there were no random encounters. You saw the enemies coming and that was such a revolutionary experience in 1996 for RPGs of this style. Um, I mean, I thought that the isometric style and the graphic, the 3d graphics, all that looked amazing, right? Looked something like right out of donkey Kong country. Um, it was brilliant. It was a, it's just a brilliant, brilliant package. Again, if you might, you might not want to call it the greatest RPG of all time, but it's got to sit in the top 10 of greatest RPGs of all time for the lack of random encounters alone. I mean, it has all the other elements, you know, of an RPG. And that's amazing that Mario works so well within that. I mean, and still you have the jump mechanics, everything, everything you expect from Mario is there, but it's a fucking RPG. That's remarkable. Now, I don't know when this game, if ever is going to appear on switch online, it should be there already. Frankly, I don't know if they're running into issues with square with square Enix. I can't imagine that they are because you have so many final fantasy games on the switch. Um, this needs to be there. This is an experience almost like no other RPG. It, it stands very unique, especially in that lack of random encounters that, that, that is a rare matter. Um, you've, if you've never played it, power up your, your emulators, baby, because you've got to try this one out. So there's our top eight super Mario land, super Mario brothers, super Mario brothers, three, super Mario 64 DS, super Mario brothers, lost levels, Dr. Mario, super Mario maker two and super Mario RPG legend of the seven stars, eight brilliant games that, and some of them you could play the rest of your life, <laughs> never get bored, uh, or maybe never get bored. But anyway, so, you know, I, I just, I'll say it here. Uh, happy birthday to Mario. Happy 35th. And it's well-deserved and I'm glad that you're still around. I'm glad Mario games still get made. I'm more than happy for any re-releases to, to come its way. Uh, and I am excited to try out everything that was announced for the 35th anniversary. And I can't wait for the 40th. I can't wait for the 60th. I can't wait for, you know, whatever, when it, or the 50th, whenever they want to do an anniversary, I know we're going to have a good time because Mario is a key part of why I have, even though I, you know, might complain about Nintendo when it comes to intellectual property and how, you know, they really bring out the, the, uh, the judicial hammer, um, on people that are clearly people that often just love, you know, their franchises and their characters and their games. Uh, the raw amount of smiles that they have put on faces over the decades is mind boggling. And Mario is a, is a huge component of that. It's a major component of that. And I can't thank them enough because if the purpose of life is to be happy, if that is uh, some kind of birthright. I don't like using those terms, but if it's some kind of birthright, Nintendo has, has done its due diligence. It has done its duty <laughs> of, and I don't like that term either, but it has done its duty in making people 
And I think if you experience anything that's getting released for the 35th anniversary, you'll see exactly what I mean. So we'll wrap this one up. Nice little gaming grid special about Mario. A uh, nice, complete conversation around it. And I, again, I am excited to dig into what is getting released over the next few months. And there we go. I will see all of you whoo, on the other side. Game over.